In part two of Body Image, Parker, Emily, and Sabrina talk about their involvement in sports, dance, joyful movement, desirability, and sexuality. Because, like, I was mentally running through it, and, like, in sports, like, I remember, like, the first time they put someone who was even vaguely a size 14 on, like, Sports Illustrated or whatever, it was, like, a big to-do, but athletes should be a little chunky sometimes, like, because they should have, like, a lot more muscle than the average person, and that's, like, not always, like, bodybuilder-style muscle, you know? (laughs) Um, But, like, yeah, like, in sports... (sighs) Like, I got MVP awards when I was playing basketball, and I was, like, a size 18. And, yeah, I was fat, and I was a really good athlete, you know? But those two things aren't allowed to, like, coexist in the stereotype. Um, And then, like, modeling, uh, acting, uh, like, I'm sure, like, medical professionals, like, Probably if the, you have a, I like, I don't know. I'm just thinking like probably in every area. Literally everything. Yeah. It's better to like seen as better to be thin than not. It's funny with like, yeah, the world of fitness, it's kind of viewed as everybody must be skinny to be fit. But there's a lot of people, like a lot of plus size people out there who are really fit. Like there's the whole stereotype that it's like if you're bigger you are unhealthy but that is completely untrue anybody can be healthy or unhealthy at any size and like it's like you can be working out all the time and still be a bigger body and like you can be like a fitness guru like I know there's a few there's a plus size fitness guru I follow on Instagram and stuff and it's like but there's just that stereotype that you have to look this way to be considered fit I was doing the same thing. Yeah. Like in, in junior high school, I was uh, throwing shot put and like was going to like senior finals with track and field and like freaking like representing my school in provincial track meets. And then in gym class, I got like participation supportive things and like, like you're fat, but like good try. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, And then I threw a football once in high school and my teacher almost lost it because he had no idea I could do sport. Yep. And it's funny. Like I, uh, I like have been on and off with personal trainers just because like I like need somebody to tell me what to do. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I pay, I'd rather pay somebody to think about what I got to do. Um, and I was starting with this new guy in March, like literally the week before everything shut down. Um, and I was like, yeah, like I used to be an athlete and like I like know my way around a gym and all this kinds of stuff. And you could see that he like didn't really believe me. Like he's like, yeah, okay. Like I bet you've been to the gym a couple times, but like, and then he like put me through the workout and he's like, I'm so impressed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's almost like <laughs> I <laughs> like, can still be fat and then go to the gym like a lot. <laughs> well, and like the thing too is that like I've had, I had a really positive experience in a gym because I used to go to Queer Flex, which was a gym that was for queer people. Um, and so it was a really positive, like there were no mirrors there. They covered up all the calorie counts on the machines and like, there was like, it was health at every size, do whatever you want. Um, but like, if I went to a gym and said to people like, um, that I used to be an athlete or that I used to do sports or whatever, they would look at like a fat person and be like, Oh, and then you let yourself go. 
And then he's like, no, I'm fat and I'm an athlete. <laughs> like, I was an athlete this way. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. Yeah, totally. Oh, so many things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was surprised, too, when I do certain things. Because when I was a kid, um, like, the messaging for me for doing activities was, like, you're too fat to do that. So, like, too fat to, like, I, I had asked my parents about, like, boats and kayaking and stuff in the past. And they were like fat people can't really kayak because there's like a hole this big in the boat and I was like oh that sucks and then it was just off the table for things that I can't do um but then a couple years ago I uh met another fat person who has been kayaking her whole life and um taught me how to do it and then I have an instructional video on YouTube now teaching other people how I get in and out of a kayak because that is something that they teach in a way that's like very um thin centered I guess or straight size centered um because you're they um uh like my stomach hits my thighs before my knees hit my chest so anything that's going to like require me to like like get under myself and like pick myself up with like being in a really small like position forward doesn't work and so I remember taking my kayak to like the shoreline and sitting in the kayak and just practicing getting in and out and figuring out a way that worked best for me and then um like there's a Facebook page called Fit Fatties and it is like a health at every size focused um fitness centered space for fat people online um and had shared the video there and tons of people were like oh my gosh now I'm gonna go buy a kayak so I don't know I think people need to stop thinking as much that like fat people can't do something or be surprised that we can do something and just be like how do you do that how what how, what works for your body in this way like let's do this activity but figure, like horseback riding fat people can ride horses like you just have to get the right horse <laughs> in um, elementary, middle, high school. Thank God I didn't do gym in high school. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have to do that. But like elementary and middle school gym were the worst for me. You know, I can't run. I'll be honest, I cannot run for the life of me. A short distance. But it's like, I always felt just so shamed of myself for finishing last in races. Mm. And those gym teachers make sure you know to be shamed for finishing last. Mm. And it's like, especially ordering gym clothes, because when I was in junior high, it was the first time I had to change into a gym uniform. And having a bigger size clothes than everybody else, oh, that sucked. Have it, especially you had to order, like, say your size out loud. It's like, I have to have a lot of trust in people to let them know my size. It's like my friend I've been friends with for like two years, she only just found out my size because I'm finally comfortable enough with her knowing my size. It's like, I have to have trust in you for you to know my size. So I'm not comfortable with the entire group of people knowing you know, clothing size I wear. But it's like, if you couldn't do an activity, you were shamed, especially by the other kids as well. But the gym teacher, you know, if you just couldn't do an activity, you were shamed. There's so much like shame around PE, the, the worst experience. I hated every second of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no joy of movement, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you can have so much fun. Like I played basketball in junior high and high school. Um, and like, that was the best. And I was so good at it. <laughs> and I didn't try out for the senior high school team because the coach was a yeller. <laughs> she like, she would yell at the girls and like, allegedly, like the rumor I heard was that she would like degrade them and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not about that. 
Like my mental health was bad and I knew it. So I said, I'm not trying out. And do I regret that? Yeah, because I probably would have made the team. I probably would have like played basketball for two years longer. And like, there was a lot of bullshit I went through that that probably would have helped with, but I didn't get to have that anymore because I didn't want to be fat shamed in front of this team and like not get played like floor time because like, because of my fatness and stuff like that. And then I have, I was born with a heart condition. So that really complicated my relationship with exercise because it was during gym class in the fourth grade that my heart condition became a problem. Like we, my elementary school had two soccer fields side by side and we had to run around both of them. And like, by the time I got to the top of the first one, like I was getting chest pains and like, the fourth grade you shouldn't be getting chest pains and by the time I barely finished my lap I was like I could not breathe and I was like that's a problem and my gym teacher just chalked it up to my being fat Mm. Uh no (laughs) I had like aortic valve stenosis and my heart literally couldn't keep up and was like struggling really hard and like I physically like probably could have had like a really serious moment there. Like if I hadn't like brought myself back from it, that really complicated everything too, because then all of a sudden, like my fatness was working against me in gym class. But then also I had this other existing condition that wouldn't allow me to improve my physicality because I could only do so much. My threshold was already lowered and then it was lowered again by being fat which is just like, it's just the way it was, but it's unfortunate because if one of those things had been resolved, things might've been different, but also that heart, like, it's just, it's not the way it worked out. (laughs) So like, I I never really was big for sports. Like I never actually did any activities. Like I do like, I did like some Taekwondo a little bit and stuff, but it's like, I never felt comfortable in these environments being bigger. Mm -hmm. Like I did, I actually love dance. And I actually did dance for, like, I love Just Dance. You should see, I I, I really <laughs> liked it. Yeah. If I could do more Just Dance, I would love to. Yeah. It is so fun, but it's just dance I've always loved. But mm-hmm. that is definitely an environment where I am not welcome. And especially the where I live, it's kind of hard. This area of the city, it's hard to find places close to me where there's dance and stuff. But it's also where they welcome my size because right. I used to be in when I was very young I used to do jazz hip-hop tap a bunch of stuff and a few years ago I got back into hip-hop you know I liked it but <laughs> I felt I did not feel comfortable being there because the teachers try to make us do moves that I physically just could not do like I'm fairly flexible but there's a certain flexibility that just I could not get to and it's just like, so I just felt so uncomfortable being in that space. And especially when it came down to dance recitals, I never did one with this group. I quit the group before it happened. But basically we had the, we had to wear these outfits, which I was already dreading because they didn't have sleeves. It, it, it's taken a lot of me to build up where I show my arms and shirts. Mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable with it now. But a few years ago, I was not. We had to wear these sleeveless peplum tops. Mm-hmm. So half of the group got red tops, black leggings my half of the group got black tops and the ugliest leggings you have ever seen in my life they were these red black and white checkered leggings and my god they were the ugliest things I've ever seen but I felt so uncomfortable in this outfit and I actually had to go to a special store where they had my size for these leggings all the other girls got them at the same place but I had to go to a separate store 
because they didn't have my size at the other one. And I just felt so just like outed from the group that I have to go to a separate place. And especially the leggings did not fit that well as it was. Because I wear leggings really high-waisted just because that's just what's more comfortable for me. And these leggings would not get to that point. My mom had to sew on an extra band of elastic just so they would fit to my comfort level. But it's just dance since there's such discriminatory environments and it's like if you're not skinny you're not welcome so I quit and I haven't gone back to any dance since I did one one hip-hop class <laughs> and then I quit again because the environment was so uncomfortable and I just I knew and there was a small class but I still felt so judged and I knew that my body didn't look the same way the other kids bodies did when they were doing the same movements and I was like no like I'm out and I used to do Highland dance and I did that for like two years and like Highland dance was a bit more like body positive because like it was kind of seen, <laughs> it was, it's hilarious because like the way it was sold to me was like the body positive version of ballet <laughs> because like ballet is like stereotypically the most discriminatory of all dance forms. Yeah. And like the stories ballerinas could tell you, right. But yeah, like, and I wasn't bad at Highland Dance, and, like, the other kids were really nice to me and stuff like that, but, like, the minute I, I quit when I hit puberty, because my boobs started growing, and I was uncomfortable with, again, the way I was being looked at, <laughs> but for, like, the total, total other reason this time, noticing that jiggling, I was like, oh, shit, everything jiggles, and, like, that, that dance is all jumping, <laughs> so that was a fun time. That was a really buried memory. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that came really deep out of the archives, but I don't know. And like, I didn't miss it, but I do like, like, I like the idea of dance. I think I've danced joyfully at like a Zumba class <laughs> because it was me and like these like middle-aged like ladies <laughs> and I was in the back of the class and I didn't know anybody and it was awesome. I went to, um, it was St. Patrick's Day and I went to the gay bar <laughs> and I had like a really good time with my friends dancing there. Um, but like, I, yeah, I've just, I totally have the like very similar experience of just being ostracized from dance mm -hmm. because of my size. And just because like the desirability politics and like the shame you feel of like not, not looking the way everyone else looks and all this kinds of stuff. If there was a place where my size is welcome and it was a no judgment space, mm -hmm. I would love to start doing dance again. Yeah. I'd oh. love to. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, F everything and everybody and I was gonna go <laughs> pre-COVID -co, pre um, and once my because I had heart surgery um, once my like upper body strength is back to normal I was gonna go take like a pole dancing class and learn how to do pole yeah I'm gonna learn how to do pole like, bring that's me with my, you I've been wanting to do that let's, let's go because <laughs> yeah. the minute I the minute I can hold myself up I'm going back to a personal trainer and I was like your goal is to get me back to the point where I can do a pull-up so I can get on that pole and he's like done <laughs> Because, like, hell yeah, I want to twirl around on a pole and, like, just, like, really be subversively hot. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a yoga studio in the, in the city that claims to be fat positive and cater to all bodies and stuff, and they do those things, and they sell diet products, which 
maintain their business. So you walk in and I used to go um, before treatment. So I didn't realize how damaging that was until I was done treatment and then went back and got really scared. Um, But there was like a big model of like what five pounds of fat looks like on the counter. And then there's all these diet foods and products behind the counter. And it was just like, buy these things. There was a scale in one of the offices where people would come in to do weigh-ins, but then the, like, and the yoga classes are so good. They're so good. The instructors are so positive. They are accommodating. They will make any pose work for anybody. And the studio sells diet products to maintain their business. It's disgusting. Like it makes me so frustrated um, that I can't exist in that space anymore without being really triggered. And I don't think that for me, there's a way to turn that off because I don't want to support it. I don't want to support a, a business that chooses to do that. And they've been kind of reached out to about that and are choosing not to make changes about it. So it's, that's, that's the thing. And um, is that some people, some fat people have said, this is a problem. And they've been like, this is how we can stay open from my knowledge of the situation. Cause like um, how often do you get the yoga instructors who do, who gladly modify and gladly teach you how to do things to the way that you need to do them in order to do it, <laughs> you know? There's a, a group on Facebook called Fatties of Yegg and the Chunky Dunk from Fatties of Yegg two summers ago where um, they rented out uh, Mill Creek Pool for an hour after it closed and it was just fat people and it was wild sitting on like the, we, a couple of us had come earlier so that we could hang out and stuff before they closed the pool because they only gave it to us for an hour and watching everybody leave in the change rooms and all the fat people take their shirts off. Like it was, it was just the most powerful experience of like, of like, now I feel safe. And I was like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with my body. It's the society. It's all these other people. It's okay. And it it really put me on the track of focusing more on body positivity because in my recovery, it's definitely been something that's been on the, in the background, but I don't think I really believed them when they said that it was a society problem. And then when I witnessed that happening where everyone just instantly got comfortable when all of the straight sized people left, it was just one of the coolest things for me to experience. And the people in those groups have been so supportive and I can ask so many questions and people share tips on like places to get clothing or ways to do certain things. And they've got events and it's, it's just really neat to connect with those people because they understand a little bit differently. I remember like I wanted to buy a bikini for a long time. Like, cause I was like, that's pinnacle body positivity is if I can buy a bikini and wear it. <laughs> I was 21. That felt like that was <laughs> the answer. Um, but I bought it and then it sat there for a year. And then I wore it to Mill Creek on just like a regular day. I wore it out a couple of times, but then like that was the only one I had. Cause like my like one piece more socially acceptable swimsuit was like 10 years old and busted (laughs) and so and we took the kids from the youth center for a swim only like swimsuit I had was that bikini and it was like a skirt and the bikini top or whatever and I was like I like asked my boss I was like what are you wearing a one or two piece she's like probably two and I was like Kate me too and so (laughs) I like showed up in it nobody said anything to me directly but like I could tell that it was still like a subversive thing to do in you know just like with the way well uh, first of all I left my glasses in my locker couldn't see nobody if I can't see nobody judging me it's not happening (laughs) but like (laughs) it was still like 
probably pretty radical of me. And I was like, isn't that stupid? Like, <laughs> that yeah. this is what's seen as radical. But. I was volunteering at Camp Dragonfly a couple of summers ago, and it's a summer camp for transgender little kids, so like six to 12 year olds um, who are trans or gender creative and their friends and siblings. So we had a bunch of trans kids. We rented out a pool for a couple hours so we could all go swimming and they felt safe. And we explained the change room situation and said that we will give a warning like 15 minutes before it, the pool opens to the public again. So that if you don't want to see anyone from the public, you can go change now. Um, but if you're okay with being around other people, then you have 15 more minutes to play in the pool before we have to leave. We gave lots of choices and lots of options and the kids just went with it. And there was... I was kind of in charge of the preteens because I'm a hype man and I can get a preteen to do pretty much anything that they think is stupid. And so um, <laughs> I ended up, there's a, a kiddo that is 13 now, but was 12, almost 13 at the time of camp. And they um, had a puberty body that was growing and changing. And they, I could tell that they were uncomfortable with the idea of going swimming. And I um, had already had my chunky dunk experience and was like, I'm going to the pool now in a, in a um, sports bra and a pair of board shorts. That's how I feel most comfortable. And so I approached the kid and said like, Hey, you're going swimming tomorrow. And they were like, I'll come, but I'm like, not going to swim. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we chatted a little bit and they didn't say anything about their body, whatever, but they were like having some concerns about like, what do they wear? And I said, how would I tell you like what I wear when I go swimming? They were like, sure. And so I told them and I said, and some people are going to be wearing one pieces. Some people are going to be wearing a t-shirt. Some people are not going to be wearing a t-shirt. It's all your choice. And then we showed up the next day and the kid was with their mom and the mom dropped them off at the pool and the mom said they don't want to go swimming, but they, so they didn't bring their swimsuit or anything, but they're just going to sit and watch. And the kid said, actually, I brought my swimsuit. After about halfway through, that kid got in the freaking pool. And I was so pumped. And they, they wore a t-shirt and I was like, I'm so proud of you. And it was just neat. Like they weren't like a fat kid, but they were a kid that was clearly starting to have some of those feelings and worries and even as staff we talked during our training because they did a couple of full days of training for us before this um, and they we all made decisions about what we were going to wear so that all the staff had a variety of clothing on and so some staff purposely wore t-shirts to show the kids it's okay to wear a t-shirt at the pool and some staff wore one pieces some wore two pieces and we had those like explicit conversations with kids that you can wear whatever you want and we had these like assignments male at birth kids wearing bikinis feeling comfortable for the first time because they can go to the pool and wear a bikini that doesn't like cover up their body parts very well that they were born with and people would notice and they're like comfy and they're having discussions with other little kids about what that's like and there's like these seven-year-old kids that are realizing in the change room why they're there <laughs> ultimately all of a sudden and it was quite sweet and so like that's what I mean by like body positivity and fat acceptance doesn't stop at fat people it applies to trans kids it applies to queer kids it applies to all kids it applies to um, straight-sized people and all of us fat people and straight-sized people can be modeling body positivity for young kids and the experience I had at Camp Dragonfly doing that swim was really it really illustrated that for me of that if we can model for the kids and we can be a body positive space that they're going to have more fun and it's going to be joyful movement for them and it freaking was <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Loved it. Thanks for hosting. <laughs> <laughs>
Kayaking was the thing that really got me into joyful movement and queer flex was a big part of that because I was getting comfortable in a gym and I was learning the limits of my body and what it could actually do. Um, and it was a really body positive space, but really kayaking was the start for me of like, wow, I can actually move my body. And someone debunked this myth that there's an itty bitty little hole you got to sit in. Like I've got room in my kayak. Like the, the trick is just finding a kayak that's graded for your weight class. And they go up pretty high. Like if you, even if you're somebody who is like a large fat, super fat person, get a fishing kayak. They're meant to hold like, like a, a big burly fisherman and all his fishing gear on the kayak, you know, like there's, there's these ranges of the, and it'll be more expensive, but um, like there's ways to do things. And so joyful movement for me really started when I was learning about kayaking and, and that I could do those things. And if I wasn't currently injured, I would be doing joyful movement stuff all the time. But right now my joyful movement is physio. Like I joked about it a little bit, but it's like the time of the week when it's joyful because I'm trying to restore. It feels nurturing to me and nourishing for me to go to physio because I'm working on restoring the movement I had before. And it might not ever get back to how it was before. It might, who knows? I don't know at this point. We never know with chronic pain and chronic illness small things like my physio stretching for me because my muscles aren't working and I can't stretch on my own. That feels like joyful movement for me sometimes because it's nourishing me and anything where I can be near water is nourishing. I'm, I'm all water signs. My astrology chart is out of this world with water signs. So any, like just lay me in a lake basically. I, uh, basketball when I was like in junior high, high school, that was like the first time I ever chose and kept with a, a sport for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because being big helped because <laughs> I played like post, which is like at, towards the basket and you're mo- mostly a defensive player. So having a bigger surface area than all these other little <laughs> girls around me was great. And being taller than them until like ninth grade was a bonus as well. So that was like where the first time where my body was like an advantage, <laughs> which was cool. And then like as an adult when I was living in Vancouver I went to this class to learn how to do like lap dances and so I both gave and received my first ever lap dance to a drag queen and it was incredible it's amazing Um, yeah it was sweet (laughs) and so that was like awesome because like especially just like the subversiveness of like this like very beautiful, very tall model-esque like woman teaching the class in these like 18 inches heels. Um, (laughs) She's like complimenting me. She's like, that looks really good or whatever, right? And she's like, you got it. And it was like my first ever class. And I was like, oh, cool, like, (laughs) you know. And then I like to do Zumba classes. My favorite one I ever went to was at the like Meadows Rec Center and it was the 10.30 a.m. on Thursdays. And it was literally me and all these other like 40 to 60 year old ladies of various ethnicities and like they're just grooving and having a good time. And I was in the back of the class, not keeping up, (laughs) but nobody cared. And it was awesome. It's interesting you shared about the the lap dance class because I think a big thing in the the fat community is sexual confidence, not just in like sex but in like things that that demonstrate sexuality or sensuality or intimacy those things are so shamed and there's a couple of instagram accounts i actually follow that show um fat people like in sexualized poses and photos and images 
and it's so healthy for me to take in that content because it's showing my diet culture brain that was programmed by diet culture. It's showing my brain that fat people can be sexual and beautiful. And so the more I expose myself to those images, the more I'm dismantling my own fat phobia. And that's something I choose to do is because I know that I have fat phobia. Why? Like that's one of the reasons I have an eating disorder, right? So, um, yes. Yeah, no, and that that was the same reason that I follow Shuglet too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, and that was the reason I took the class because I was like, how old was I living in Vancouver? I was like nineteen, just hadn't had good experiences yet, and like, I was like, this is bullshit. I need like, I just like felt like I needed something in order to like have a good experience. Yeah, 2019. I was like going to the like Alberta sex uh sex positive education and community center yes um and like i was going to all these other like like bdsm type things to like learn and like that was yeah it was like really good for my like personal like sexual development because like yeah i was given the same messages like fat people aren't desirable like you're never gonna get a man like the the kid I had a crush on growing up, like, would get teased because I had a crush on him. And, like, I liked this other boy, and I was like, would you ever date me on Facebook Messenger circa 2009? <laughs> it wasn't traumatizing when he said this. And he's like, yeah, I'd date you, but I'd want to keep it a secret because he wouldn't want to get teased for being with me even though he liked me and, like, all this kinds of stuff, right? And so, it, like, these, those things, like, diet culture and, like, the desirability politics, like, those aren't created in a vacuum. So like you need relationships to heal those Mm -hmm. and like I just couldn't find them in my like normal everyday life because like the people I knew were the people who were around when all of that harm was caused. So like I like really sought out these intentional spaces where I could like explore all of that and like I was really successful (laughs) which was surprising to me because I was like what do you mean that like people are down to do this or like that all the, these different types of people are also into me, like all this kinds of stuff. Right. And so it was like a big, it was a big year for a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone recently told me they felt lucky to have matched with me on Tinder. What? Yeah. You you considered yourself lucky. I didn't even have like a photo of myself online because I'm trying to um, like, open up my horizons without people knowing who I am on the internet be, and without the algorithm choosing based on what I look like, who I should be matched with. And so someone matched with me and I had explicitly said like, I'm a real person. I don't have a photo for this reason. Um, and they were like, if we switched over to a different platform, would you be willing to show me a photo? And they live like a couple cities away. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And they saw my picture and was like, I feel so lucky. And I'm like, thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, but exploring those kinds of spaces is so cool because like, even if someone's not into kink and BDSM, those spaces are so open. Cause there's like, queer people, polyamorous people, kinky people, and they're all just like, hey, we do weird shit. Do you want to come do weird shit with us? And it's just such a neat space to explore those parts of yourself because it's such a different process for fat people than it is for thin people. Because in high school and junior high, um, I had a similar experience where people would get dared to ask me out. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was a game. And then they would get dared. They'd go ask, like say something to me or whatever, and they wouldn't be able to do it. And then their friends would all laugh at them, make fun of them from like behind the lockers. And I knew what was going on. And so it's just like, 
those kinds of things really shut you down emotionally to any kind of intimacy, relationships, sex, whatever, because you are a joke, you're fetishized, or you are a challenge or a goal or something like that. And it's just like, can I just be like a cool person that you want to have sex with? Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> please? <laughs> Yeah, Can we just like learn something about ourselves here? But yeah, it's it's a really interesting. I don't know. You guys are you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're so cool. Mm. Yeah. No, and it's and it's interesting. Like, and it was interesting to see in like one of the groups I was going to for a little bit there. Like, I would like sit back and watch sometimes, and like watch the way desirability politics still mirrored the outside world Mm -hmm. and like the way like that space wasn't as like it claimed to be pretty like non-judgmental but like anyone could show up which means anyone with their preconceived notions who hadn't challenged them could also show up Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fine it was interesting to see you know the people who were pairing up and who were like being flirted with and stuff like that and who wasn't and like why because like the age ranges were so diverse in that group. Like I was the youngest person at 23 and the oldest person there was like 72. And so like, yeah, it was like, it was just interesting to see the sociology of it. Even sometimes in these spaces, like we still fall to the same trap because not everybody's like at the same level of, of, of unlearning um, like bad phobia and diet culture, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm curious about, we diverted a little bit from Joyful Movement, and I want to still hear what Megan and Mimi do for Joyful Movement. Um, so I used to work out at Good Life because my friend worked there, so I started going there, and I remember always feeling like I didn't belong there, or like I was so focused on like watching myself in the mirror and like picking everything on my body apart to the point where like I would get sad and leave because I was like, I, I don't belong here. Like I, I don't look the right way. So then I decided like, okay, like I don't even enjoy exercising anymore. So I canceled my membership there and I found a gym that's called Evolve and they have no mirrors in the whole place. And it's so nice because now I'm like focusing on how my body's moving and how I'm feeling. And I'm not so concerned with like oh, does my shirt, like, come up a bit, and now you can see the shape of my stomach, like, are people looking at my tummy, like, are they looking at, like, the roll on my back, like, now I'm, like, so focused on, like, actually feeling strong and confident and, like, having fun with it, and I actually, like, look forward to going now, whereas before it was, like, oh, I have to go, and, like, ugh, Mm -hmm. and I also really like going for walks and, like, listening to podcasts, it's such a, like, calming experience for me, Mm -hmm. so, that's where I'm at. Well, for me, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I like to take my dogs into my backyard. I have three dogs. We go to the backyard. They're all small. <laughs> and the, I would just play with them and we'd run around in circles. Wow, this sounds, makes me sound like a crazy person. <laughs> we would like run around in circles and I would just chase them and then they would chase me. And that's my joyful movement because there's no one else there. There's no other humans around. It's just me and my dogs. <laughs> they love me when I do that. And it's just like pure joy. There's nothing, nothing that's like 
filtered that I'm not pretending like, oh, I got to be cool or I have to like be acceptable in society. <laughs> like I'm in my own backyard with my dogs who have no judgment and <laughs> it's just fun. So mm-hmm. it's probably like not exercise, but sometimes we throw stuff and <laughs> they bring it back and that's kind of like exercise. <laughs> I think it's exercise. I think any anytime we're moving our body, it's exercise, and it's and it's so much more fun to exercise when we're doing it joyfully than when we're doing it based on a standard.